Welcome to the Oh Yeah Podcast with your boy, Mr. Oh Yeah, Detroit's number one ambassador. Appreciate you joining us for another episode of Real Stories from Real People. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Oh Yeah Podcast with your boy, Mr. Oh Yeah, Detroit's number one ambassador. Thank you for joining us again at the legendary Floods Bar and Grill where every Wednesday night, it's all Industry Connect, where we take time to make sure every Detroiter has an opportunity to connect and meet with some of the most influential leaders throughout our area, man. And it's always a good time with my partner, Liquor God Dwayne, and DJ Cuts, the legendary DJ from Detroit. So please come on down and check us out. Uh, And as I say, every week, uh, we look to have a discussion with real stories from real people. Uh, and it's always a blessing when we got somebody from Detroit. And in this episode, I think it's very necessary for us to make sure we outline this individual. We've had entertainers, we've had DJs, we've had uh, authors, we've had uh, uh, business owners, but the person we got today has been an impact in the community in more ways than one, but has truly impacted young men and women to where they've had dreams and inspirations to do many things in their life. And he's been a catalyst with, of course, his people that work with him. Uh, He is a representative of the best high school in the city of Detroit, King High. Uh, We want to introduce to the Oh Yeah podcast, Sound Mind, Sound Bodies president, my man, Kurt Blackwell. How you doing, sir? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me here, my guy. Thank you for being here. Uh, as always, we do have a present for you from okay. our partner, uh, candidly speaking. My apologies on not having a box, but that's going to be a rush delivery for you. My man. But with that, I do appreciate that you brought us some gifts yes, as well. And I'd be a fool not to show them this black and gold <laughs> sound mind, sound body sweatshirt. We want to say thank you. And I got to say, uh, I'm glad I'm the first one to get it before we get it to Q. Yep. Super producer, although he yep. was your football mate yep. at King High School, yep. man. Yep. But thank you for bringing that you wear, on, man. You wear that to the King versus Cass game. You better Represent. believe it. <laughs> you better believe it, my guy. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We, 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 we talked about this in uh, a long time between you and I, with Super Producer Q and I, that we want to make sure that we're telling stories that have truly been impactful to people that look like us, people that come from things that we've come from uh, to tell a story because sometimes what they see is uh, the impact, this whole polished product, mm-hmm. you know, but Kurt Blackwell got a story too. Yes, sir. You, you know what I yes, mean? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, we know your father, mm. husband, uh, and leader of this great organization, but mm. how did you get here? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So first, if you could tell us, Sound Mind, Sound Body, the president, mm. tell us more about Sound Mind and Sound Body and what yeah. y'all do. First and foremost, Huey Man and Q Man, I just thank you all for what you're doing. It's an amazing platform that you all have established here. And the work that you're doing is so beneficial because as Detroiters, we don't celebrate each other. And so many times, you know, we watch from afar, but we don't take the time to come up close enough to really find out what it is that makes us what we are. And had it not been for you, you know, I would not have this opportunity to tell my story. So uh, this is probably only my second or third time doing something like this. So uh, I appreciate you for that. And obviously the fact that you're a crusader doing it make me feel even better. So that's why I had to come 
correct. That's right. Come you know, on with correct it. for my guys. <laughs> Detroit but, football, three one three. But man, you know, sound mind, sound body. You know, it's, it really came about just for me being so thankful to be who I am. You okay. know, and I say that because I grew up on Chalmers and Houston Whittier. Um, you know, on Rochelle, and my neighborhood school was Denby. Played for Eastside Saints. And I was very fortunate that I was able to go to King High School and play football. Yeah. And I was in the CISC program, business program, and Coach Reynolds allowed me to be a part of the football program and encouraged me to go to college. And because of that, my life was different. Man. Just different because of all the relationships I had at King High School, all the strong influential men. And within that experience from leaving Chalmers and Houston Whittier and going to King, what I saw more than anything else, the best kids from my neighborhood and from King did not make it to college. Mm. And so what I learned from that was that just because you can play doesn't mean you get to go play at the next level. And so I always was attracted to wanting to give back because I was so grateful and thankful. Um, you know, my stepfather married my mom and my life changed because I grew up in a single parent home and my dad had restaurants, Alabama-style chicken and fish, and I grew up, you know, working in the restaurants, and that was another positive male that helped change our lives. Yeah. You know, because of him being in my life, I was able to see things that I didn't see prior to that. Yeah. And so, once again, all of those figures really just influenced me, and I felt, like, obligated to do something. And in the city of Detroit at the time when I came back home, I didn't see a lot of people really wanting to come back. You know, the, the, it seemed like the goal was graduate from King and go somewhere and be good, but yeah. don't be great here in the city unless you're yeah. out in the streets. Yeah. And I was saying like, I want to be great with my people yeah. so that the kids who are in our community can have someone just like I had. Come on. And so Sound Mind, Sound Body became like a vehicle yeah. to help young people to use athletics as a vehicle yeah. to help transfer their life into bigger and better things. Yeah. And so we just felt like, you know, having sports is like a mechanism to get kids to run through a brick wall, yeah. but not only just play sports, but be a good person, be good student and a good leader. And so that's what Sound Mind, Sound Body has been for me and my motivation. Obviously, yeah. our program is, is way deeper than that, yeah. and, but that's the motivation and that's the story behind me wanting to do the work that I do here in the city of Detroit. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, let's, let's and I know that's that. a lot. That's a lot, that's a lot, but I'm glad you said it in that because mm. we're gonna go through that whole wall. Right. But um, the fact that you went there, I, I can see the emotion coming right out of mm -hmm. you early and mm -hmm. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. But Sound Mind, Sound Body officially is a football mechanism to help young men become better individuals, students, and citizens to the world, it sounds like, right? Sound Mind, Sound Body is an academy. Yes. And it, it started off as a football camp. Yeah. And we work with everybody now, football, cheer, basketball, yep. and we use athletics as a vehicle to teach young people to exert equal amounts of energy to athletics, academics, and life skills. We want to de-emphasize the overemphasis on sports and make them spread out that emphasis to being a good person, and a good student. So if you work hard at football, that shows you're a hard worker. Now you show that you're a hard worker. Now you can be a hard worker in the classroom and at being a good person. Let's use that's these skills. Some, that's what Sound Mind, Sound Body is. So we just yeah. really just taking sports to make them go to class and to make them say, yes, sir, no, sir, whether you're a young woman yeah. or a young man. It's just the petroleum. It's yep. just the gas. Yes, to sir. Yeah, yeah. Now, yep. And, and, and officially you started Sound Mind, Sound Body when? 2004. 2004. 23 years old. 23 years old. That's what I was about to get to, man. Now, before I get there, let me acknowledge something. 
that's huge mm-hmm. for a 23 year old man to have this vision mm-hmm. and, and to start that. Mm-hmm. And it started here in Detroit, correct? Me and my classmates from college at Hampton, yeah. we all wanted to do something to give back. And so we all decided that we wanted to do something, and Detroit was the place because King is the football mecca of America. Come on. Just in case they don't know, all right? So we yeah. had to jump started because we had yeah. Karan Riley, yes. Anthony Adams. Yes. And so me and my boys from Hampton, Siraj, C's, Matt Williams, Samir, we all said we wanted to do something, and we said, well, hold up. We got King and we got all these NFL players, That's Gerald right. McBurrows. That's right. We did a football camp at King High School. Yeah. And that was the beginning of Sound Mind, Sound Body. 2004 football camp at King High School yep. with legendary King folks that all that has shown that they can make it to the NFL, yep. which is the mecca for anybody's And, foot, and I'm going to tell you like dreams, this, right? at the time, we didn't even have our 501c3 establishment yet. Anthony Adams wrote a personal check for like $6,000 to Curtis Blackwell. Wow. Just off of trust and faith in me as his squad members. Come on now. Real talk. Let's re- listen. First and foremost, shout out to Anthony Adams and let's say it right, Spice. <laughs> Come on, we all know him as Spice. They don't and you know, know Anthony you, Adams they don't even know who Anthony Adams did. <laughs> Spice, we, you know you invited. We want you on here to the Oh Yeah podcast. We got to tell your story too, man. But yep. that is uh, that's monumental. Because mm-hmm. that's a, a sign of faith and brotherhood very early on yes. when somebody is working with you and saw the dream, but came from that as well. Yes, sir. Eastside Detroiter as well, yes. right? Man. Yeah, he was in the NFL, and he and came NFL, back. NFL, that, that's huge, man. Yep. So your college mates, y'all are able to create it. Now, very early on, let me say this. This is my story with Sound Mind, Sound Body, because you, in my mind, I was always a football star now, but mm-hmm. you know. Eastside Coast. I mean, Eastside Coast. Eastside Coast ain't I mean. nothing but the best But the I best. didn't make it to that. Maybe if I had a Sound Mind, Sound Body early on, ain't no telling where this short right. brother would have been. But right. you know, right. but I remember coming home from school, a graduate of Southern University, and my youngest brother, okay? Uh, we're 11 years apart, and he was at Crockett. This is Coach Odin. Yes, sir. Uh, led them to the city championship. Well, not, uh, no, no, the coach before him. Coach McGee, Stephen McGee. There you go. Led them to the city championship. But my youngest brother was playing for Crockett. Mm-hmm. And he said that he was at some football camp at Wayne State. And they called it Sound Mind, Sound Body. Mm-hmm. And it was you up there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. it was like this big surprise for me because I'm like, I went to school with Kirk. What you not? This is my younger brother right. who's 11 years younger than me. And you got him up there working out in the whole nine. Yes. Tell us about that. Tell yeah. us about how y'all were able to create the relationships with other high schools yeah. to where you impacting the folks in the city of Detroit, these young men, uh, to hopefully get to college. Yeah. So I worked at the NCAA. And when I'm working in the NCAA, I was able to understand the rules of the NCAA. And I was under, understood that college coaches could come to camps that are not on college campuses but on high schools and in, in the cities. Wow. And so I was able to use that knowledge to create uh, a camp where college coaches came to Detroit. Yeah. And so our kids, instead of having to go to the college, the college came to the kids. Come on now. So we brought all the coaches to the hood. And so by doing that, our kids were able to get evaluated. But now here's the kicker. Instead of your brother having to go to Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan, yep. Central Michigan, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Toledo, he came to one camp and all those coaches were there. Yeah. So now your family saved time and money by doing a one-stop shop, almost like going to an outlet, yeah. you know, versus going to a, a, a boutique store, yeah. you know? And so what that did was save time and money for parents. Plus we were in the city. The biggest thing though, to complement that and what made it really relevant is that 
and this is probably what I'm most proud of and out of all the things I've ever done, is that we were able to get everybody in the city of Detroit to work together. And that's the hardest thing because I was at King High School and people just don't like King yeah. because we win a lot yeah. and we you know we do it in a way in which it's not pretty <laughs> yeah. because you lose to us. Now you want to come work with us. That's so right. all these NFL players, this winning program is hosting the camp. Now we're going to come in and, and camp with y'all, yeah. but they put us out all of that yeah. for the greater good. And we created something powerful because we got all the top players, all the top high school coaches that all meet up at Wayne State. And so the coaches said, well, hold up. You all going to come. We're going to come and see you all because you all there. Right. And so it became a big to do because it was like a one stop shop for the college coaches yeah. and for the kids. Yeah. And everybody was it created a win win. So a win win for everybody. And, and so kids started getting scholarship offers yeah. who never got scholarship offers before. Yeah. Because you're saying that basically I'm from Southfield. I'm from the West Side. I'm yeah. from Brightmore. I could just drive up to Wayne State and I can see all those college coaches, yeah. 300 college coaches yeah. in Detroit. Yeah. Man. Which is impactful for, for more than many reasons. But before that, I would assume you had to really be putting up numbers for somebody, for those coaches to come see you, right? Mm. What, is that not what was going on? Like you had to be the star of the school from Southfield, the star from yeah. the school out of or hope, or hope your coach was working really hard yeah. to, to put you out there or hope your parents had money and resources and time yeah. to drive you. I mean, because even if your parents got money, and like, can you? Could you have taken your family, taking your brother to ten camps to get seen by ten different colleges? No. Think about how much yeah. time and money it would take to go from Eastern Michigan to Western Michigan to Toledo, Bowling Green, Ball State. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole two weeks off of work. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And 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 more than that, and only because we went there, because you're naming some schools that are here locally. But Kurt, you had built that to be, well, it was uh, known across the country. Mm -hmm. To my knowledge, you had. I want you to say these names college coaches that were coming from all the best programs from all over the country. Is that yeah. not correct? Yeah, Urban Meyer, Mark D'Antonio, uh, you know, Brady Hoke, Jim Harbaugh, Brian Kelly. I mean, I mean, we had thousands of college coaches. We had over, we've had over 20,000 students have been to our camps. Yeah. And we've had over 3,000 kids earn scholarships at our camp. Over 400 are playing in the NFL. Right now, currently, Detroit has the second most NFL players from any city yes. in the NFL. Yes. And out of that, like, 13 out of the 17 that are in the NFL attended Sound Mind, Sound Body. God damn. And the, back in the day, Detroit was a basketball city. Yes. You know, a lot of what has happened through the work of programs like Sound Mind, Sound Body, not just my program, but everything collectively, yes. Detroit is now a football city. Yes, it is. Now, I'm going to need you to say this again, because although our listeners are great, that may have went over some people's head. <laughs> I want to make sure. No, no, no. That's very serious, Kurt. Yep. Currently, right now, because mm -hmm. I just saw the meme that's been going around, where uh, the cities that have the most NFL players. Yes, sir. And you're saying right now, out of 17, 18 players that are in the NFL. From Detroit, 13 from of Detroit. them, Tennessee Sound Mind, Sound Body, Football Academy. Yes, wow. sir. So like, I mean, almost any kid that comes out the city of Detroit has been in our program in some form or fashion. And, um, and that's huge because, you know, we are creating you know, uh, a pathway, but also it's inspiring hope. And that's what I tell people yeah. all the time. So like a lot of times people just say, oh, that's this is 13 guys went to the league. Yeah. But you know what happens when you come to that camp and if your family member or your son doesn't go to the to, to college or get an offer of scholarship, he gets something to look forward to and yes. keep working and keep grinding. And so before you know it, that kid who might have just been playing just to be playing is now motivated to graduate 
and go to college because he saw coaches and it was inspirational. But you got to give hope to our babies. Come on. Like, without hope, you have nothing. And when you drive through the city of Detroit, there are not a lot of inspirational things that they can look forward to. And so I like to think that sound mind, sound body is something that makes kids feel as like it's a hope mechanism. It's a pathway that can make your dreams come true. And we like to say dream big. You, you sounding like a rapper right now. You spitting bars out here for real right now. A hope mechanism. You hear me? I love it, man. Yeah. Again, all, I'm probably going to say this three, four times in here, but thank you. No, that's that's all huge, good, man. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And I don't want this to get overlooked any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think and, and really how were you able to forge or create these relationships with these brand name or you know legendary coach from all over the country mm-hmm. to come here when what you're talking about from 2004 to 2022 we saw a true exodus of citizens leaving the city of detroit mm-hmm. a lot of these high schools if not closed had a huge decrease in enrollment yeah. how were you able to not only forge the relationships but sell the value and talent still here i mean i had to cut my teeth a lot I went you know, to a historically black college, Hampton University, and from there, yeah. I was able to uh, go to graduate school at Baylor. And yeah. when I went to Baylor, I got an internship to work at the American Football Coaches Association. It's the national governing body of all coaches, high school, college, and pro. From that, I was able to get connected and get that certification of being tapped in with college coaches all across America. Yeah. So even though I'm from Chalmers and Houston Whittier, I'm working in Waco, Texas with the national headquarters of college coaches, going to the annual coaches convention. Then from there, I went to work at the NCAA, the national governing body of college sports. Come on. And then I left from there and came back home and started coaching high school football at Detroit King. So now I'm back coaching at King, but I understand and know what college coaches are looking for. I got access to them. I know the rules. And then I understand as a high school coach in Detroit, who all the top talent is in the city. So by being able to tap into that, I was able to really produce a document that I could say like, hey, college coaches who I now know, here are the list of the top 100 players in Detroit. We're gonna all get those kids to Wayne State on this date. If we get these kids at Wayne State, would you all come? So I started getting soft verbal commitments from all those schools. Then once they confirmed they could attend, I set the date. This is the day that we're gonna have the event. And then I got the kids to come. I got the coaches to come, and then it was like a party. It was, it was like a party. And we ain't talking about you. We know you used to throw parties, now. Come on, now. I got my insight here. You know what I mean? Yeah. But again, that's huge, yep, yep, man. Yep. And how long was that the uh, the platform, or how long was that the uh, the way you did business? So to I did. To I did that. Like I did. That. I really did that up until I left the city to go to Michigan State. You know what I'm saying? So really. I did that for almost like, you know, say 12 years, you know, and then in like 2013 or so, um, I got offered the opportunity to go. And I was, I should say, I got offered several job opportunities to go work at colleges because colleges were starting to evolve where they wanted to be more like NFL teams where they have a scouting department and talent evaluators. And so schools were offering me positions to say like, hey, you have all these relationships with coaches in the high school level, you know all the players, you know all the parents, you know all yeah. the trainers. Why don't you bring all of that to my campus and help us do what we do? And so once I did that, um, it changed a lot because then I got on the other side, which I never really even wanted to do that because when I worked at the NCAA, I was at, I was at the, you know, I was at the pinnacle at, at yeah. 20, you know, 22 years old. Yeah. I'm working at the NCAA with a master's degree, 
And I left that to come coach JV football and fried chicken and start a foundation. Yeah. But I did that because I really wasn't searching to be on that level. But once Sound Mind had grew, I said, man, I got offered something that I couldn't turn down. And that's yeah. when I went to Michigan State. And from there, Sound Mind, Sound Body changed because I saw things differently. Because right. I was at a, I had a different view. Because now I was looking at it from the view of the college coaches. And I said, man, this is a way bigger industry yeah. than what I ever imagined. Yeah. And before we go any further, mm -hmm. I think it's time for us to go back. Yep. Because I think that is a high point of your story. Mm -hmm. But again, Chalmers and Houston and Whittier. Houston and Whittier. Yep. Boy from the east side of Detroit. Mm -hmm. King High School. I don't want us just to glance over that story. And it took you to Hampton University, the HBCU. I'm a, a huge component, or excuse me, a whole, huge proponent of HBCUs yes, sir. and us sending um those that look like us to those institutions i believe they're a great home for us and they prepare us for more than just life can offer us you know right. um but it was because of your football talent that you were able to go to hampton as well correct yes tell us about them times and i'm gonna say it because i know somebody is saying it right now when they watch this the legendary hit squad right yes yes <laughs> please mm -hmm. tell us about this time at king and how it got you over to hampton coach reynolds Come on. God rest his soul. You know, yeah. I mean, I was committed to Central Michigan and my 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 boy Deion Hunt was committed to Kent State. Yeah. Coach Reynolds was like, hell, you gonna go check a visit to a black college. <laughs> Let me stop. Hey. <laughs> no, because I was gonna tell mine. And that's how my story was gonna start about Reynolds. But go so, ahead. So he said, go visit. Only thing I knew about Hampton was Rick Mahorn and the bad boys. Okay. I had no idea black houses were different world, you know, yeah. and you know, Dwayne Wayne and all that that's yeah. what my I, I never visit a black college okay. so coach came in coach said go take a visit yeah. we're committed Dion's committed to Kent State I'm committed to Central Michigan but once again my high school coach my mentor influencer he makes us go take this visit because we can take as many visits as we can since yeah. we're you know recruitable athletes we go down and visit and we get down there on that campus and we stranded at the airport they didn't even pick us up on time then they, instead of picking us up in a nice car, they picked us up in a cargo van. <laughs> and then after they pick us up late and in a cargo van, they take us to the cafeteria. Now in every other visit that me and Deanna went on, we went out in nice cars, yeah. they waiting early on us, yeah. and they taking us out to a nice fancy steakhouse. Yeah. So we like, man, we ain't coming here. This ain't looking good. Man, we walk in that cafeteria, you over saw the finest woman saw I ever could imagine. <laughs> Then they drop us off in the dormitories yeah. and not the hotel rooms. And yeah. they say, and they just turned us loose with all the boys. And we was like a mob just hanging out with all the football team. And it was like a big fraternity, yeah. all the football players. And we went to the party and we hung out. And I said, man, this feel like high school. This feel like Detroit. Yeah. And at Central Michigan, no knock, I felt like I was just an individual. Okay. But at Hampton, I felt like I was with my brothers. Yeah. And I felt like I was with my people. Yeah. And I felt like... I was at a place that was made for me. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was someplace where I was trying to fit in. I felt like that was me. Yeah. And so after we had that experience over that weekend, the Sunday morning, we were getting ready to come back. Dion was like, Kurt, man, I'm committing right now. I said, you about to commit? He said, yeah. I said, for real? He said, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dang, man. I was like, I'm going to go home and think about it. Yeah. He's like, man, I ain't waiting. I said, we like, bump it. We both committed. Wow. And that was just like that. It only took like 72 hours and we were at Hampton University. And that did it. And that did it. Best back, decision of my life. That's what I was about to ask. 
Looking yes. back, by far, best decision of your best life. Best decision of my life. Best mean? decision of my life. Because I think what I, what I realized growing up in Chalmers and Houston Whittier on the east side, I just thought that people, you know, like, it was extremism for me. I thought you was either a nerd in a square yeah. or you was, a, you know, you was in the streets. Yeah. You know, but at Hampton, I realized, like, guys shot dice and were still class president. Yeah. You know, guys might drink and party and smoke and do whatever, but they still 4.0 student yes, and right. got their own business. That's right. DJ Envy, That's Hampton, right. DJ, right. party promoter. That's you know, right. and so I said, man, the duality, you could be yourself yeah. and still be good. I didn't get to see that growing up on in, a, in, in my neighborhood. Yeah. I saw the one extreme or the next. Yeah. You either a little square or you was on the streets. I yeah. didn't really, and so it gave me that confidence that I could be whatever I wanted to be in this society and still be good. Yeah. And so that really gave me everything that I needed. It gave you the push you needed. To be where I am right now. Come on now. Yeah. I love that you say that. I tell, I, I made two great decisions in my life. Uh, one was attending Southern University and making that decision. I'm thankful that my cousin promoted it that while she was down there. Uh, and I didn't play ball, but you're right. Once I saw everything, there was no doubt in my mind mm -hmm. this was the place for me. Uh, the second decision was the wife that I decided to marry. You know what I mean? She keeps me together. So I'm appreciative of that. My wife came from Hampton University. Really? Yes. And my last game, me and Dion played, was in the Heritage Bowl in Atlanta against Southern, and we won. Oh, come on. Don't tell nobody so thank that you story. For that. <laughs> <laughs> you said don't tell nobody that. that story, man. NBC. So, and, they, and they put his squad on the screen. Are you Norm, serious? Yes. Norm, James, uh, uh, Big Buddy, Buddy, yeah. Buddy Kelly yeah. McClendon, yeah. Harry Jolliffe, Robert Smith, all of us. From Detroit King. Yeah, we had seven guys from Detroit I'm gonna on that roster. That Jason, Jason Scott, yes. all on the roster. Yes, I'm sir. I'm going to look for that footage. Yes. And y'all pretty much was the start. Y'all yeah. start got, I mean, you and yeah. Dion, and then yeah. everybody seemed like the floodgates opened yes. up with yep. Norm and everybody. Yep. Uh, Way uh, before Deion Sanders would put people going to black colleges. Come on, y'all was doing it. But Coach Reynolds did that. And that's why yeah. I say the reason why Sound Mind, Sound Body came to be, because I was thinking like, man, every kid needs somebody like that in their life to encourage them because there's got to be a beacon of light in it's your community, in your neighborhood. Because if not, who does your son or daughter have yeah. to be like Coach Reynolds was for me? And that's where we are with Sound Mind, Sound Body. I needed that. I needed that last punch. I appreciate that. Because what I'm looking to connect the dots on is because, uh, and I don't want to skate over this either, you come from a family of entrepreneurs as well. Mm -hmm. You said you came back to fried chicken. Your family mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. I mean, let's say it, Alabama-style fried and chicken. That's mm -hmm. a legendary spot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, East side of Detroit, you know mm -hmm. you can get you some good mm -hmm. eating. Mm -hmm. Walk us through that too. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm assuming you, you, you learned the, the recipe, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. The, the, the business model behind right. it all, right? Right. right? I'm sure that's played a part in who you are today as well. Right. right. Well, I mean, you know, I started working in a restaurant when I was 12 years old, and I worked one day cutting leg quarters. I made $20 working like a 10 hour shift. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, I want to do like my sister turquoise and just stay at home and get $20 allowance. <laughs> like, I'm going to work all this time and get $20? Yeah. I'm going to stay at home. Yeah. And she's like, no, you're going to go to work. Yeah. And I was like, damn. I said, I got to sit here. And I'm sitting there cutting leg quarters. Yeah. Cutting leg quarters, cleaning them, and then taking the trash out. And then by the 16, I was a manager. Come on. You know, and so um, I was able to see, you know, uh, just what it's like to kind of be able to, to generate revenue for yourself. Yeah. And I learned how to deal with people. I learned communication skills. I learned how to uh, have those interpersonal skills that allowed me to relate to all forms of people, from the people who come into the restaurant begging yeah. for food, to the people who stealing from my dad, who are our own people, yeah. to the people breaking into the restaurant 
and they're the people that just came and bought the food. Yeah. And so I got a chance to see all of that and it gave me a perspective that I did not have. Plus I learned how to get up every day, whether you like it or not, and work. You know, Time and it's like, like, yeah, like, it's like, it's no, like, there's no such thing as a day off when you're working for yourself yeah. because you only eat what you kill. That's right. You know, and so every day you got to get up and go get it. And that gave me that desire to want to uh, to move forward. And, and that's the reason why I came back home, because my father, um, he le he was he was he was transitioning um, in his life. You know, he had some health issues and he wanted to, uh, you know, enter the ministry. So he started his church as a pastor, doers of the word ministry. The year I left the NCAA and came back home wow. to Detroit and start frying chicken. But because of all that my, my um, stepfather had did for me and my family, I felt obligated to come back and support yeah. the family business because without him, I would not even be able to, to make it to where I am right now, even going to college. Yeah. And so that was a blessing that, you know, I, I, you know, I just was just very thankful for yeah. because I know I would not have the perspective I had had it not been for his influence in my yeah. life and what he did for my mom and my family yeah. as a whole. It was a no-brainer for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. well, well, it's speaking to the foundation. It's speaking to who you are. Mm -hmm. um, it's speaking to why you're able to do what you're doing now going forward. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what, what was, was very valuable to this story that you're telling right now is I see the humbleness coming out of you, man. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. when you talk about you coming back home, it wasn't necessarily the obligation. It was the humbleness to say, man, I come back to fried chicken. It was just that simple for you, right? It was the, it's the business, it's the family business and what was needed, but man, I'm just coming back to fry some chicken, right? <laughs> you know, come, yeah. That's a, and I don't think that you're selling something, that's just your humble approach on it. Look like how you, you take in life, it, it seemed like. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Oh, or? Yeah. oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I, you know, I, man, you know, I just think like, you know, life is all about, you know, your perspective. And like, if you're able to see what you have, then you're able to maximize what you have. Come on. And so, so many times in life, we dealt a lot of things, but what you have to do is focus on what you have and not what you don't have. Yeah. And so I always just focus on the fact that like, man, this is what my blessing, but it's not a blessing unless you do something with it. Come on. You know what I'm saying? So your blessings are based upon what you do with it. And so God can't give you more until you maximize what you have. Yeah. And so I just felt like that was my blessing in my life. And so I always just paid it forward and I fed what fed me and I felt like, you know, that just allowed me to grow yeah. because, you know, honestly, having a master's degree, working at the NCAA, and then I'm in a liquor store frying chicken and yeah. I'm getting people laughing at me talking about, man, that, you see that guy, Kurt, yeah. he in there. And I'm I'm still doing trial and error with Sound Mind, Sound Body, yeah. but I'm still frying chicken and coaching JV football at King. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing Sound Mind, Sound Body. Oh, and you frying chicken? Like, oh yeah, look at Kurt. Yeah. But it was all about, you know, that's what my blessings came from. That's right. And I had to do what created me, yeah. you know? And so and in that, it created the best experience I could ever have because I learned so much from those experiences. I learned the business of cash flow. I learned my people skills. I learned yeah. how to hustle. I learned how to grind. Yeah. I learned how to network. I learned yeah. how to just deal with all shapes of life yeah. because of those experiences. And I would not be here and so most people just see football camp, sound mind, sound body, but really, it's since I was 12, I was dealing with, I was on Kirchhoff, I was on Charlevoix, yep. no, I was on Harper, Come on. frying chicken. This is what we're about to start. Now I'm making this the inaugural thing. This is the journey <laughs> moment. This, this, this is a journey. You hear me? That's what I always say. Real stories from real people. Mm -hmm. Man, what you are now didn't just happen. It wasn't no snap of the fingers. No. He said, I was frying chicken. You fried chicken on Mac and Bewick. Come on. We had, I fried chicken on Mac, Mac and Bewick. Legendary. Walking Come on. Walking out of that store at 9 o'clock, 8 o'clock yeah. at night. And yeah. everybody walking up to you, hey man, let me get some chicken. Let me yeah. get everything. Like, yeah. 
come on. Yes, that's what While it was. While coaching JV football, mm-hmm. or excuse me, assistant coach of football yeah, at and King and High School. And I was a JV coach when I started off. Come on. Yep. Coach Reynolds told me, he said, anybody can go up here and coach the best guys, but yeah. can you do something with these younger guys? Can you do something with these younger and guys? And those younger guys were the guys that I really learned everything I needed to know. That so, means yeah. a lot, too. As mm-hmm. I told you, my son is on the JV football team yeah. at King yeah. High School right now. Yep. So I, I appreciate that, man. Nope. That, that, that's huge, right? And this is what we're calling the journey moment now, to, mm-hmm. to you looking back and mm-hmm. seeing those things. And you're mm-hmm. right, a turquoise I went to school with. So I remember <laughs> us being there and she talking about you and the whole nine, man. Right. But um, you also, uh, I feel like we, we need to get this out there, was party promoting too between mm-hmm. Detroit and mm-hmm. Hampton University, right? You know, yes, sir. Was, that was a part of who you were. It's a part right. of your story. It's a part right. of your business. Tell us right. about that, man. Well, I mean, I started at college doing parties, uh, you know, within the fraternity Omega Sci Fi Fraternity Incorporated. We started doing parties, did some events with DJ Envy, yeah. um, with others, and then I just took that and brought that home and started mm-hmm. doing it here in the city of Detroit. But more or less, you know, I was always big on networking, you know, yeah. and bringing people together, yeah. and I always saw the value. And, um, and, you know, in the power of just, you know, good energy and Come good, on, good vibe. And um, being at Hampton, you know, I'm always was an opportunist. I said, man, you know, the day before, like, you know, it would be like a dead week before finals. And so I was I threw a party on finals dead week and it was like the biggest party, you know, on campus. Yeah. And, and so it's just something that we started doing every year, our fraternity. Yeah. And so I started doing that. And then from there, I just brought it back home to Detroit and we yeah. was doing parties. Then we started doing the football camps. I'll have all the NFL players in, in town for the camp. Yeah. I'm like, well, we got to do the after party for the football Come camp. On. And so now we was popping bottles with models. You know? <laughs> so we had all the guys there. Yeah. We was at the candy bar. Yeah. I mean, we were doing all of these different events, yeah. but it was really all of just uh, bringing all the people together, all that, all that good energy yeah. together. Yep. So that's, that's how up. it came about. Yep. That's what's up. Mm-hmm. So now let's go back, because I feel like um, you, you're taking us back to um, how you made it to where uh, it was almost like a recruitment. As you're sending kids mm. to be recruited by some of the best schools in America to mm. where they can become the best that they can be, you know, fulfill their dreams and mm. whatnot. Um, as you say, there were some other universities that came to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State is where you chose to go, where you look to take the next piece to your career. You, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. And you were there for how long now? Uh, four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's been noted what that time was like for you there. I just want to hear from you. How would you categorize that experience at Michigan State in its totality? Good, bad, indifferent. You know? Best experience of my life. Okay. N- like, you know, being at Michigan State, you know, I was able to be at Michigan State in a winning era in the history of their football program. Yeah. Like the four years that I was at Michigan State, they won more Big Ten championship, more games than ever before. And I was a part of that. And being able to say that um, is something that's going to be, you know, I'm going to have forever. Um, but also being a part of that corporate machine, like I'm seeing how a head coach is a CEO and he's running all of the different things that, uh, you know, that it takes. I mean, you got, you know, like I'm looking at Coach D'Antoni. I'm like, he got a he got like 20 different meetings, you know, in like three hours. I'm like, how do you manage all of this stuff? And yeah. I'm sitting right here getting a, a, a bird's eye view of this. Yeah. And, and like it gave me a perspective on like, man, and like and he's saying and then he goes, next thing you know, he go out and he's at practice. Right. Interview, interview, tough decision, tough decision. And then, you know, a couple of my players got charged with sexual assault yeah. and I was you know entangled in that and then you know 
I feel like, you know, flat on my face. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I, and, 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 you know, when you see your name on ESPN, you know, like, yeah. and it ain't because you ran for 100 yards. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you know, right. you know it's, it's an experience. But yeah. within all of that, you know, like, I had a real test. Yeah. And, and I feel like that test gave me a testimony. Yeah. And so because of that, I was suited to come back home to Detroit and do what I'm doing right now because now I'm better at helping kids prepare to go to college because of what I did. So now, previous, I'm just doing football camps. Yeah. Now I'm saying, my kids got to be ready when they get to college because I see when they get to campus what they struggling with. What it's going to be. I see the kids that I got from the city of campus that got drafted. Yeah. I see them, my kids that get here that don't play at all. Right. I see the kids that I get up here that flunk out. I see the kids that get up here that get charged with sexual assault. Yeah. I see what happens when I got charged with it. Right. And so now I'm able to take all of that and bring it back. And yeah. then the good thing about it is that when I first got back to Detroit, you know, I was like, man, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. How I'm going to do it. Yeah. But it was like almost kind of like I had some sort of like different, like people were showing me love yeah. in the city after what it, after all this occurred. Right. And I'm sitting there thinking like, and then the college coach was still calling me. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, what? I said, hold up. They still want the same kids, and you still the plug, kids. you still the connect. And I said, well, hold up. We still open for business. Let me shake it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me get and so, right. And so I just kept on keeping on, yeah. and then I embraced it. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I just thank God for everything. You know, on, like that that doesn't kill you can only make you stronger. Yeah. And once again, it's all about your perspective. Yeah. You know, so I looked at that. I said, man, thank God for me going through that situation because now I can relate to my kids. Because in Detroit, in Detroit, to be a good a good minister to our young people because what we do in this in this field it's a ministry. It's a ministry. Anytime you're doing something that changes a kid's life forever, whether you are, you know, you do like you don't have to be behind a pulpit. Yeah. You you know, if you're changing people's life forever, you gotta be able to have some credibility. Come on. You gotta have some scrapes and bruises yeah. to relate. Because when you look at what's out here in the city of Detroit, it ain't all pretty. It's not all pretty. And they gotta relate you know, to you and so. gotta understand that you know yeah. what? I'm just like you. He been through something. We all, we all, ain't nobody perfect. Ain't nobody and perfect. And I can relate. Yeah. But at the same time, guess what? I'm seasoned. Yeah. And I can tell you where you headed if you yeah. don't change. Yeah. And that's what they don't have enough of. Yeah. Because most times when people get that type of information, they're gone somewhere else. They're yeah. not in Detroit. Yeah. And so I really thank God for that Michigan State experience. That's what I was going to ask. I remember uh, um, we had uh, someone you know that you have a great relationship. She mentioned you on are doing an episode with the Jennifer Payne. Yep. And I'm going to ask you the same question I asked her mm -hmm. because I think it's, it's truly uh, a good time in this conversation. Because you seem ready, Kurt. Mm -hmm. you, you, you seem ready with going through that experience, being able to see what you saw. It's almost like you prepared for just more or mm -hmm. anything, you know, mm -hmm. like you, you understand in both sides of this whole college role before the college role, whether it's black school or white school uh, and what can happen to the purity of a, a young man or a young lady coming out of something. And you see me quit. Is that not where, where you mm -hmm. feel in this point mm -hmm. in your life or what? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think God, pre, you know, I'm preordained, you know, God has ordered these steps yeah. and, um, you know, and everything is on and is in order, yeah. you know, and I don't think anything happens by accident. That's just yeah. the way I believe. I walk by faith yeah. and um, you don't really know um, what you have until it's time to use it, okay. you know, and so like I didn't, you know, like when I when I went through the experience at Michigan State, you know, I didn't really 
know if I really, I don't even know if I had faith because I never really had to use faith. Wow. You no, know, like how do you know you got something you never had to use it? Yeah. Like you don't use faith when you're on top of the world and you win in Big Ten championships and you get yeah. a coaching bonus and yeah. you, you know, everything is going hunky-dory. You know, life is perfect. But perfect. then when things go a different way, you be like, man, it's time to activate this faith. And they say, hold up, Kurt, all that stuff you've been preaching to your kids, now your you time. better you wanna eat those words. Yeah. And so that was my my kids that I work with in the city were my biggest inspiration to myself. Okay. Because I feel like you preached all that stuff to these kids that grew up in these bad situations. Yeah. And you told them how to walk by faith, yeah. how to dream and how to have hope. Yeah. But now here you are and you're not gonna activate the same thing that you told on, them man. to do. Come and on. so I felt like at that point, I said, man, God has prepared me to do what I'm doing. And so I just sat in my space and I said, you know what, I'm going back home and I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. And that's yeah. when Sound Mind, Sound Body just expanded yeah. from being a one day football camp yeah. to being a year round program that empowered, you know, young people year round. I think you've answered my next question, but I want to make sure you are able to say it. Mm -hmm. My next question was, why Detroit? Mm -hmm. My next question was, what made you decide after all that has happened, as you've been able to go see it from the highest of the heights in terms of NCAA football, the relationships with mm -hmm. pro football, mm -hmm. Waco, Texas, all around the country, why come back to the city of Detroit? Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for Detroit. And what I learned from studying people around the world, studying world history, most people cherish the soil from which they come from. Like, if you look at people internationally, they cherish that. Unfortunately, because of the way we were, um, you know, uh, you know, just disengaged from our families as black people, we have no connection to our soil. Yeah. But, you know, if, if it wasn't for Detroit, I would not be able to survive Michigan State. I wouldn't able to be able to survive Hampton. I wouldn't able to be able to survive being in Waco, Texas. Come on. But if you could make it in Detroit, you could make it anywhere. Yeah. And so because of that, I felt like I was obligated. Just me. Yeah. I can't say it for everybody. No, no, no. But just I take me, that. Me, me too. Me, me, me. I felt like, I said, man, how, like, why wouldn't I go why back to Detroit? Why wouldn't Like, because, like, man, like, I was tougher than I realized I was. I was yeah. more mentally strong than I thought I was. I was a better athlete than I realized I was because when I got to Hampton, I was like, man, I could play with anybody in America. That's right. When I got to Michigan State, I said, I can overcome anything because of Detroit. That so, base did so, it for you. So why not? give back to what produced me. Yeah. And that was the best decision I made because I realized that, you know, I had so much love for the city because yeah. I can relate and understand what's going on in the community. And I can see the needs because yeah. I can relate to the kids. Yeah. And so a part of why I wanted to be here and doing the work that I wanted to do is that if you understand what's going on, it's easy for you to service and provide that's right. the support that's needed. That's right. And so I could probably do this in Hawaii or Chicago or, you know, wherever, but I'm not going to understand the community, the neighborhoods, the Footprint, parents, the all that way I do in Detroit. Community. So Detroit was suited for me to do the work that I'm doing. And, and it's fitting you well, man. And again, mm -hmm. I said I was going to thank you. Mm -hmm. It means a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, it's obvious that even with me uh, doing what I would consider to be limited researches that I needed to do, because I know you, right? Mm -hmm. But the city love you back, man. Mm -hmm. they, they, they appreciate what you're doing. Um, and, and it's only going to get better. I, mm -hmm. I know that. Mm -hmm. But uh, before I go to my next point, I feel like it's important to say it. The sound mind, sound body, although rooted here in the city of Detroit, you've been able to take this across the country as well. Yeah. One of my college uh, good friends uh, came to me one day and he's from Bugaloosa, Louisiana. 
I know you've met him. I know you ain't gonna remember his name, but my man Larry Waterson. Let me shout out my boy Larry Waterson from Bugaloosa. Okay. You, uh, I think, were a good friend with one of his. He has a, a friend that pro football, and I'm, I'm, I'm mad that I don't remember his name. But he met you out on the East Coast, somewhere in Charlotte or D.C. somewhere, okay. and was able to speak to sound mind, sound body, right. being in more than just in the city of Detroit. So yeah. I, I know that the, the the footprint is out there. I know the word gets out. But I would be remiss if we didn't let you speak to that. Yeah, we have ran Sound Mind, Sound Body. So we were the first uh, camp to really be sponsored by Adidas. Um, and we did a national tour. We went to L.A., um, Washington, D.C. That's the other home city where we started off at. Uh, Florida, Tampa, Miami, um, Atlanta, Chicago, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Switzerland, the Dominican Republic. Um, Come on. We've been all over. We ran camps, uh, you know, Super Bowls, you know, so we've been able to kind of run our program all across America, even internationally. But it's really just because of uh, people were starting to come to Detroit. And as they were coming to Detroit, they were saying, bring this to our city. Yeah. And so we were just taking it to other people's cities during that time frame where we, you know, we were just growing. And, um, and I think that was something that really um, allowed me to see like, man, you know, Detroit people will just run America, you know, like Come I realized on. like, and I'm, I'm, I'm serious. It's like, yeah. it's just a confidence you have when you're from the D. Yeah. I mean, you can tell a Detroit guy wherever yeah. you go. I mean, yeah. and, I'm, and people just don't understand <laughs> yeah. that. But like, when you in LA and you tell the LA people what to do, or you in Chicago yeah. and they listening to you, I'm like, damn, listen, they Detroit in me. You just yeah. come in, you know, just what it is. But you don't even realize that until yes. you get in that setting. It's just and that then you can see another guy from man. like, but when you outside, when you at a Hampton or you at a Southern, and you see other Detroit cats in the way we move, yeah. you saw like usually Detroit cats are in the front. We not yeah. in the back. Yeah. It's just a certain way we do. We it's like just that alpha swag, males. man. Yeah. yeah, that's what's up, man. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about sound mind, sound body today. Uh, because it's kind of informed into something even new, right? Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, my children have been a part of it. Um, but now you're more uh, still doing the, uh, the academy, so to speak. But I know it's a lot of mentorship. I know it's a lot of uh, uh, um, folks that you're bringing in speakers to talk to the kids, the educational components, mm -hmm. all of that. Please mm -hmm. share. Well, so Sound Mind, Sound Body has always been about emphasizing life skills, academics, and athletics, but we were only doing it at a camp setting. So a kid would come to our camp and what's made Sound Mind, Sound Body unique was our curriculum. So when you came to a Sound Mind, Sound Body camp, when your little brother came there and you, you, know, you saw him, what most kids did not like about Sound Mind, Sound Body was that in order to go to the camp, you had to go through a life skill session. And so that was uh, auditorium classroom learning session where you would have sessions about STDs, you know, test taking strategies, you know, just being a student and being a good person. And then after you went through that session, you got your camp shirt and then you earned the right to go and play on the field. So that was our model. If the camp was four hours, you spent two hours in the classroom, two hours in the field. But most kids only wanted to skip and go straight right. to the field. But we wouldn't let you skip it because you didn't get your camp shirt until you sat down. Yeah. So when we evolved, we started doing more of that. We started saying like, all right, if I want to help your little brother be better, I need to give him training year round because right. one day is not enough to help them be good. That's right. One classroom session is not enough to change their mindset. That's right. One introduction to SAT prep is not enough to get them ready for the SAT. Yeah. And so what we do now currently is we have year round programming. We got four main programs that we run. We have a United States Department of Education grant that we run um, inside of King, Harper Woods, Denby, 
um, East English Village. Um, it's an academic talent search program. It's a, it's a college success program. And so we're just basically college counselors for students within those schools. Um, we also have the youth association where we run cheer football with all the kids within the city. We do that. Um, and that's a big deal. Over 3,000 kids are in that program. We are the largest uh, vendor for summer programming in the Detroit Public School District. Mm. So we run programs for over 1,000 kids in the city of Detroit every summer. Basketball, volleyball, tennis, golf, uh, football, basketball, we do that. And then last but not least, we do the year-round training program with Sound Mind, Sound Body, where kids go on college visits, they do training, they do uh, yoga, they do speed work, and they get offered scholarships. And every year we get 30 to 40 kids that get offered full-ride scholarships wow. in football because of that. So wow. those are the main four programs that we run. Wow. And again, you, you tapped on the... Uh the football and the cheerleading right now because you're the new pal, right? <laughs> Come on now. Well, I mean, and pal is always going to be pal. Yeah. You know, I play pal. So, yeah. you know, I have nothing but love and respect for pal yeah. because, um, you know, if it wasn't for pal, it would be you no know, Kurt Blackwell. I mean, yeah. you played in pal. Come on now. Right? Yeah. Um, sound mind, sound body, just sound mind, sound body. You know, yeah. what we do. And, you know, realistically, you know, we got into this working with youth sports because the youth leaders asked us to say that hey they wanted to do something what we were doing with the high school kids with the younger kids and they you know and i'm like man it's not like i don't have enough to do already <laughs> but they you know they you know i feel obligated to help my community you know i wasn't really looking to start a youth organization but i felt like you know if there's a need and I can be of assistance to my community, I got to do it, especially for your daughters. Come on, please. <laughs> got to get my girls right now. Got to get my girls right. So, so tell us then, for anybody who wants their child in the Sound Mind, Sound Body program, where should they go? Uh, they can go to soundmindsoundbodyacademy.com um, or they can email us at info at smsbacademy.com or they can go to Twitter or Instagram and our handle is at smsbfootball and they can send us a message. Our link to our website is on there, and we have plenty of uh, resources that we provide to our young people. We got mental health uh, support. We have uh, food programs. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we do a lot of different things that are really, we're just trying to give the kids the support they need in all the areas, because once you start working with a young person, you see the needs, then we just start connecting the dots to make sure they have what they need to be fulfilled in their life. Bingo. Mm -hmm. And again, they know where to go. They know what to do. They know what you're doing in the program. Yep. I want to talk about the results now real quick. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm assuming you got some of these numbers. Mm -hmm. um, since you've been doing this since 2004, mm -hmm. about how many kids you think you sent to school? Oh, man, man, we've had. So the way we look at it is we've touched over 20,000 kids in our program and over 15,000 of those kids have all graduated high school. So the majority of our kids graduate high school, but over 3,000 kids have earned college scholarships. Uh, we've had over 100 NFL draft picks, but we have over 300 that actually played in NFL as free agents or you know, overseas. And you know, we've had many more that are back in the program being college coaches, high school coaches, meters, uh, mentors, leaders. And we have five individuals that work within our Sound Mind, Sound Body program that um, were former students within our program. But more importantly, we have an internship program where every year we get four to five paid internships where young people who want to work in the sports industry work with us and get paid and get a sports management leadership experience here 
in the city so that you don't have to worry about relocating and trying to get that experience because a lot of our people play the game but don't know how to be a part of the game from the business leadership side and i'm most proud of that because i got my bachelor and my master's degree in sports management and sports administration bingo kurt yeah. i don't know if they tell you <laughs> but thank you man uh i think it's um more than evident your impact on the community mm. i know it's more than evident your impact on the youth mm. and the parents because as you say we need help too right mm -hmm. and to know that there's an organization like yours that's putting in the work who's dedicated and committed to the city and looking for putting in what you got out of it mm -hmm. you, you know that's that's mm -hmm. monumental kurt i gotta ask you this man with your impact that you've had on uh getting folks through college some that have made it to the league those that will now be able to uh at least have the possibility of generational wealth right and, and really being able to make it through life and become impact two three four times over here i gotta know how does it feel to know that you were a part of that impact in the community how does it really feel to know not just how many people you've impacted but how you've been able to impact them through your work mm -hmm. through the things that you've been able to do coming from where you come from and mm -hmm. now being able to give back mm -hmm. i just feel like i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing yeah. because I have a model said what they see is what they will be yeah what they see is what they will be and so i saw something and it allowed me to be something yeah and so i said now i want to be something that now they can see yeah and so because of that it makes me feel is that i'm serving my purpose and that's the purpose-driven life knowing that you know what you're here to do and this is what i'm supposed to be doing is being uh you know a light of hope for our community and giving back to the same people that gave me what I have, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, you know, my coach Reynolds told us one thing. He said, you know, life is all about just doing to others as you would have them to do to you. Come so on. I know there's a lot of rules. There's a lot of, you know, all these laws, but one simple golden rule, do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. And so I feel like I'm treating other people's kids the way I want somebody to treat my kids. Come on. I'm treating people the way I was treated. Yeah. And so I don't feel nothing good or grand about myself because I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It just so happened that I found a way to actually earn a living and provide for my family doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I feel like you ain't even working. I don't feel like I'm working. That's yeah. what I tell young people all day, every day. Like, you know, God gives us all genius level talent, <gasps> but we all don't have the faith to step out and just do that. But like I said, when people say sound mind somebody, if you were to go somewhere and say sound mind somebody in Winnipeg or Montreal, they probably would think you're talking about a yoga, yoga class. Yeah. It's only because we've been branded and doing this work over time. But it's just that I said in my one little lane and for 17 years, 15, 16 years, sound mind, sound body was just something that was a one day deal. It wasn't until the last three or four years where it evolved into a year round program. Yeah. But it all became what it is right now because you just do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And because of that, you impact young people and they respect you because they see that you're committed to it yeah. and you're not a one trick pony or an overnight sensation. Yeah. I didn't ask this, but I got to know now, where did that name come from? Sound mind, sound body. Was that something? Second um, Timothy one and seven, the guy said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. You know what I'm saying? And so that's part of where it come from and just, understanding the balance between student athlete sound mind student sound body athlete put those together you got a student athlete in the d athlete we need to put the student 
with an athlete yeah. so they can be books before ball. And then we can take our kids to the next level. It's huge. We thank you for that, yeah. man. We ask that you continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Anytime you got something going on, I hope you feel comfortable coming back to the Oh Yeah podcast. Oh Yeah. So we can oh, talk. Yeah. Come on, oh, baby. Yeah. So we can oh, talk yeah. about it. It's needed, man. Yeah. Please keep it going. I also want to give you an opportunity real quick before we get out of here to shout out some of the people. Uh, you, you mentioned Coach Reynolds. You did mention your family, your mom, your sisters, your, your, your step pops. But some of the folks that work with Soundbody, shout some of them out too because we understand it's a group of you, right? It, oh, yeah. It's a community of you. Oh, right? yeah. And I talked about my, my, my best friend, Siraj, and my crew from Hampton, yeah. Samir and all those guys. But here in the city, you know, uh, Deion Johnson um, from Detroit King, Phil Sherman, um, my right-hand person, uh, Michelle Franklin, who, uh, who runs the Sound Mind, Sound Body office. She's the reason why you got you know, Come that on, hoodie. Huh? Thank you, know, you Michelle. Sweet. Um, and then, you know, some of our big partners, Horatio Williams, you yeah. know, holds us down. Yeah. Um, John Wangler from Adidas, you know, here in, um, in the city that holds us down with, um, you know, sponsorship and support. And then most importantly, you know, my wife and my family, Come on. Um, you know, always just holding me down so that I yeah. could be here yeah. and making sure the kids are taken care of and the family is good. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I'm just thankful that, you know, we got the network of King High School. You know, if it wasn't for King, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing because, yeah. you know, King is the best school and it produced some of the best talent. And so, you know, I look at it, a lot of people say, you know, their closest friends are, you know, know, their college mates. But I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Cause I graduated from a school where my best friends are Cecil, Norm, Deion Hunt, Sterling Anderson, you know, uh, Keontae Wilson, you know, like, I mean, like all those guys I just named, Michelle, Deion, you know, Phil Sherman, we all went to the 3200 East Lafayette. And so, that's the shout out for me, yeah. you, know, you know, that place right there, you know, gave me something. So that's the reason why we run our programs out of King. Yeah. We just started the King Booster Club, 501c3, raising money yeah. for the football program. Because I just feel like, you know, wherever you benefited, you got to pour back into that's it. That's right. And that's how you keep those blessings flowing, you that's know. Right. And you might not be rich in finances, but you rich in equity and relationships across the community. So I'm just thankful for that network because without that network, I would not have just the, you know, the support and the love and the nurturing yeah. to do what I'm doing right now. Come on. And that's the reason why I'm here on the Oh Yeah, because you were 3,200 myself, <laughs> baby, and Super Producer Q. If you didn't know, now you do. Feel comfortable with sending your kid to King High School because he can form or she can forge relationships just like this. Go ask who the principal is. That's right, my Damon man. Perry. Damon Big Perry. World. Big world, man. We love you too, man. We're going to get you on the Oh Yeah podcast as well. Kurt, again, thank you. Yes, sir. We appreciate you. Yep. We wish you nothing but the continued blessings that you've received, and that's going to keep coming for you for your work. Uh, and, and send a love to your wife. We praying for her too, because we know yep. <laughs> it ain't easy dealing with us, man. That's right. So that's right. thank you. Yeah. Uh, you. You know to catch us again on the Oh Yeah podcast. We catch you on the next one around. Don't forget to come see us every Wednesday with another 3200 boy. Me and my boy DJ Cuts, Mike. You know what I mean? Thank you. Oh Yeah, we out. That's a wrap. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.